Well, how's everybody doing today? You good? Half of you are good, the other half not sure yet. It's all right. We'll get you there. Uh, it's ex an exciting day. Welcome to those even watching online and those of you that are here for part three of a series that we have called Tell a Good Story. And hopefully you've been encouraged and you've been growing and you've enjoyed this series so far. And I'm excited again today about what uh, God has laid on my heart to share with you. Before we get into that, just a couple of reminders. Uh, next steps, step two is tonight. And so if you're interested in that or maybe next, maybe last time we, we had next steps, you caught the step one, but you weren't able to make it to step two. That's okay. You can just come tonight for step two if that's the part that you're needing. Uh, but that's kind of our process for helping uh, people uh, discover their purpose and, and find where, where they need to plug in and connect and how they can get there. And so that's going on tonight. Last week we had a great time in step one, which is more about the vision and the heart behind what we're doing and why we do it. And so if you're interested in that, you can. Uh, that's at our house tonight. And those of you that came to step one last week, we look forward to seeing you again tonight as well. And don't forget about iGroups. This week is our ladies and men's. And so on Thursday evening at 6.30, 6.15, you can drop your kids off for child care. And then from 6.30 till about 8, 8.15, we have uh, our version of small groups, which we call iGroups, that you can be a part of here in our community. And so you can get more information about that. The best way to do that, the best way, let me just let me make a plug real quick. The best way to get any information uh, on things that are going on, events, calendar, all of that stuff, you can either go on our website, which is yourimpactchurch.com, or, and if you pull it up on your phone, there's a mobile version, and, and you can navigate it that way. Or you can just download our app. And so just go to your app store on your Android phone or your uh, iPhone and type in Impact Paris and just look for the logo. You can download the app, and it has a running uh, information about everything that's going on in our church. Um, you can also get our podcast. So if you're unable to make it, you can always check us out on Facebook Live. You can get the podcast. Uh, if you're if you have an iPhone, you can also go on our website and all of the messages are on there as well that you can download to your phone and listen to. And so we're trying to 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 make it as available as possible. And so we wanted to tell you about that so that you know how you can get information. And also we had a great time this last uh, I guess it was yesterday morning uh, with our first serve day opportunity for October. We have another one coming up on the 28th and we'll be in the Save a Lot parking lot serving lunches, uh, as you saw on the announcement video and we want to encourage you. What, what we do is we, we provide you know two or so options, and we want you to pick one and be a part of serving in the community. So just choose the one that works best for you that month. Uh, show up. Let's be a part of serving. And so we're looking forward to that. You can also, if you want to be a part of uh, providing some of the food and things for that event for that day, you can sign up over at Impact Central today to, to supply an item or, or whatever. And so we want you to know about that as well. And so today we're, we're in the middle of a series that we've called Tell a Good Story. And just to recap really quick and catch you up in case you haven't been here or missed one of the messages. In week one, we discovered that what you put in your third blank matters. Come on, do you remember we talked about the Pixar movies and how they have a, every, good, every good story they believe follows the same pattern. Once upon a time, blank. They always blank, but one day blank and everything changed. And we talked about that third blank, that what you put in that third blank matters. And the only thing that really can be put in the third blank that changes everything is Jesus. We try to fill it with everything else. We try to put whatever, you know, if I do this, if, I ha if this happens, if I go here, if I move here, if I do this, then everything will change. But really the only thing that we can put in there that everything will change is Jesus. And we read about the Samaritan woman and how her story led people out to meet Jesus 
And, and we talked about at the end of that story where all the people come to her and they say, you know what, it's no longer because of what you told us that we believe. Now we've met Jesus, we've experienced Jesus, we've had our own encounter with Jesus, and so we believe because of that. But that leads us to think, if it's no longer because of the story that she told, at one point it was because of the story that she told that led them to Jesus. And so we talked about what you, if you put Jesus in that third blank, then your story the story of your life has the potential and the power to lead other people to Jesus. And last week we talked about a table for two. And that Jesus has prepared this table for you in the presence of your enemies. We may not want it to be in the presence. A lot of times we want God to fix our mess and then prepare a table for me and I'll sit down with you. But how many of you know the scripture says that he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies? So right in the middle of everything going on in your life, Jesus has a table prepared for you. And so the question is, are you taking time to sit down at the table? Are you just sitting down at the table once a week? Or are you taking time every day to come to the table that Jesus has prepared for you and allow him to speak into your life? And how many of you know, we talked about last week, that there were four things, if you're hearing one of those four things, that you're not going to make it that it's better at another table, that God doesn't care about you, all of those things, that that's a sign that the enemy has a seat at your table. And this table is only for two. And so when the enemy tries to pull up a seat to your table, you just kick his chair out of the way and say, you know what, not today. We just sang a song about that. It says, when I say the name of Jesus, you just let the devil know, not today. <laughs> not today. Not today. And so that's what we, where we've gone so far in this series. And uh, today I want to ask you a question as we get started. Have you ever came across a tree before or something that someone had carved their initials into? You ever been out in the woods or camping or you went hiking or something and you came across a tree and somebody had carved, that? there were some initials carved in the tree. You know, a, a lot of times it would be two initials and a heart around it, you know, or, or something like that. But you've come across something like that or some kind of marker Somebody had been there, you know, a lot of times you go into, this is terrible, but a lot of times you go into the bathroom stall and it's like so-and-so was here, you know, and I know those bathroom stalls don't just say that, <laughs> but a lot of times they do say something about this person was here and it's some kind of marker, you know, they're just wanting everybody to know apparently that they were in the bathroom on a certain date, I don't, I don't know, but you've, you ever come across something like that and if you're like me when you come across that, your first thought is, I wonder what this represents. I wonder what, you know, especially when you come across somebody that's carved their initials on a tree, and there's a heart around it, and maybe there's a date, or there's something there, and I immediately start thinking, I wonder what the story is. What it, like, what does this mean? What does this represent? How long ago was this? Are these people, like, they put their, you know, initials on a tree? Are they still together, <laughs> you know? What, like, what is the story behind why they did what they did. Maybe it was some initials that marked the uh, couples the beginning of their marriage. Or maybe, it, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll leave a marker or something, you know, if you had a child or a family member that passed away and there's something that, that marks that spot. Or it could be the initials of someone who had a great experience in that particular area. Maybe there was something that, they, that happened to them in that spot and so they marked it because there was something that happened to them in that spot. And now let me ask you this. I wonder how many of us today 
know someone, now don't point, but how many of you know someone who has short-term memory? <laughs> short-term memory. You know somebody, and you're thinking about them right now. I know you are, but don't point at them. But you're thinking, man, that person, they have the shortest memory. I have ever just struggled with short-term memory. Maybe you know someone who has, you know, laser focus on their current struggle in life. Maybe we can put it that way. On whatever they're going through right now in their life, they have laser focus on what that is. And every time you get around them, you're going to hear about it again. You're going to hear about their struggle. You're going to hear about what they're going through because their focus is on the problem. And that's all they're thinking about is that struggle. Maybe you are someone who is extremely focused on the moment and whatever it is that you're walking through right now, maybe that's all you can see. And you have short-term memory. All I remember is what's going on right now or what happened to me yesterday. And all my focus, I have tunnel vision. All I can see is that circumstance. All I can see is that circumstance. Because I know this is something that I have struggles with and because I believe there are people here today who struggle with this just like I do. I want to talk to you for just a few moments on this subject. Everybody say, making monuments. Making monuments. Come on, let's say it again like you mean it. Turn to the person to your left and say, making monuments. We're going to talk about this for just a few minutes, and I want to try to help you out today. Now, I, I personally, for me, I personally love the book of Joshua in the Bible. Now, there are some people that, you know, it's in the Old Testament. It's like, well, I don't... You know, there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that's hard to read, and when you get on your one-year Bible reading plan, a lot of times when you get to, like, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you're like, oh, man, you, you, you know, and you're flipping, <laughs> you're flipping the, you know, five pages over. It's like, okay, let's get out of that and that and that and that, and we'll just skip on to this. But when it gets to the book of Joshua, the, the story gets pretty good, in my opinion. And, and I really, really like the book of Joshua, and I've preached on it a lot since we started the church, and actually our entire theme for this year is based on a verse in Joshua that we're taking ground, and where the Lord said that wherever you set your foot, I will give you that place, and I'm going to be with you wherever you go. So I love the book of Joshua, and I love this one particular story in the Bible where Joshua is leading the Israelites, and they're about to go into the land that God has promised them. So they're about to enter into the promised land. Now, if you've heard that term before, all, all that is, basically God had told them a long time ago, there's a, there's, a, there's a place that you are going to dwell. There's a place that you're going to go, and that's where you're going to live. That's where you're going to settle. And so you read all through, you know, with Moses and everything going on, and, and these, they're, they're about to go into the land that God has already given them. And they're standing, they're, they're, they've camped out, and they're standing at the Jordan River. And, and the river's flowing, and they're camped out there. And if you can imagine, they're probably pretty excited because we've been waiting on this forever. And, oh, my gosh, we're waiting on all of our you know, ancestors to die because they didn't have any faith. And, and God is like, God's been waiting on them to all die so that we can now go into the promised land, right? And so they're getting excited about it, and they're pumped up, and they're ready to go in. I know that was kind of gruesome, sorry. But I can imagine the anticipation of what they were about to do because they've waited so long for this moment. It feels like we waited an eternity for this moment, and we're standing here at the river, 
and this is actually about to happen. It's actually about, we're about to, we're about to actually go into the land that God has promised that we can have. And so some of Joshua's officers, they're going throughout the camp. And they're giving people instructions, and they're getting everything organized. Come on, those people that going around, it's like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get in groups of 50, and we're going to take, you know, you guys get the knives, and you guys get the guns, and you guys get all this stuff. They're organizing all the people, saying this is the plan. This are, these are the instructions. This is what we're going to do. This is going to go first, and then we're all going to follow it, and we believe that all this is going to happen. And so the officers are going through. They're getting everything organized. And once everything is organized, they're ready to cross the Jordan River, and as the priest's feet touched the water, the water on both sides stopped flowing. Now, if you can imagine this, we all are pretty familiar with Moses and when they're at the Red Sea and all of a sudden there's just walls of water and, you know, all these people cross on dry ground. Well, now they're at the Jordan River. They've waited forever, it seems like, to get here. And God gives them the instructions. They go through and they instruct all the people, this is how it's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. And as soon as the priest's feet touch the water, the water splits, and here we have ground for them to walk across on. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was anticipating what was going to happen, and I step into the water, and all of a sudden, the water splits, I'm like, yep, it's about to get real. <laughs> Something is, it's, it's about to get serious, you know, we're about to, we're about to take over the land, and they're excited about it, and pumped up about it, and so they're walking across the land, and people cross the Jordan River, when the water splits, and God does this incredible thing in their lives, and that's where I want to pick up the story this morning, and we're going to begin reading in Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, After the whole nation had gone across the Jordan River, the Lord spoke to Joshua. He said, Choose twelve men from among the people. Choose one from each tribe. Tell them to get twelve stones from the middle of the river. They must pick them up from right where the priest stood. They must carry the stones over with all of you, and they must put them down at the place where you will stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from among the people of Israel. There was one man from each tribe. He said to them, go back to the middle of the Jordan River. Go to where the ark of the Lord your God is. Each one of you pick up, must pick up a stone. You must carry it on your shoulder. There will be as many stones as there are tribes in Israel. The stones will serve as a reminder to you in days to come. Your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the Lord cut off the flow of water in the Jordan River. Tell them its water stopped flowing when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went across. The stones will always remind the Israelites of what happened there. So the people of Israel did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River. There was one stone for each of the, tw of the tribes of Israel. It was just as the Lord had told Joshua. The people carried the stones with them to their camp. There they put them down. Joshua piled up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the river. They had been right where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are still there to this very day. So in this passage, we read about an amazing thing that God did. If you read before this, I just kind of paraphrased everything leading up to this point. But they're waiting to go into the promised land. And they're standing at the Jordan River. And because they follow God's instructions, as soon as the priest's feet hit the water, the river splits and they walk across. And then when they get across, the Lord God tells them to do something. So this incredible thing has just happened. And when they get across to the other side, God tells them to do something. 
Now, we have to remember this was not an easy journey for the last 40 years. Things have not been peachy king for the last 40 years. And now we've just done something and we've seen God move and poof, let's go on to the next thing because our God is great and, and, and this is going to be awesome and let's see what God's going to do next and let's just keep on trucking and let's keep on going. But I love what God tells them to do because when they get to the other side, he tells them, go and get 12 stones. Now, these are the lightest stones you've ever seen in your life. But he tells them to go back. So we've just seen God do something amazing. Now, go back to where he did it before you move on and collect 12 stones because there are 12 tribes. And bring those stones to me, and we're going to go to the place where we're going to stay tonight. And we're going to set them up. So they come over here, and they're bringing their stones. And as they're getting them, I'm sure they're looking, they're, you know, the water's still not flowing while they're getting the stones. And so the whole time they're doing this, they're thinking, wow, <laughs> I cannot believe. We're walking back and forth, and we're getting these stones, and we're carrying them out of this, what should be the river. And the water is not even flowing because of what God just did for us. And God's telling us to get these stones, and I'm not really sure why. And then God goes on to explain, and Joshua explains to the people why they're doing what they're doing. And I love what he says. This, this is a sign of God's provision in your life. This is a sign, because I don't want you to forget, because we have a tendency to have short-term memory. I don't want you to forget what I did for you, so, so get the 12 stones, stack them up just right, make it look pretty, and when your kids see those, they're going to ask, you know, what, what do these stones mean? Why, why is there all these big stones, and you pile them up, and there's 12 of them, what does that mean? And you'll be able to tell them what God did for you. Every time you see these, you'll remember what God did for you. Every time you come back to this area, You'll remember what God, when, the, when people come to this area and they ask, what is this about? What is this for? You'll be able to tell them what God did for you. It was a sign of God's provision. It was a moment in time where God said, no matter how rough the journey gets and no matter how long it takes, I will always be your provider. Come on, I need a better amen than that. No matter how rough it gets, come on, somebody needs to hear this today. No matter how rough it gets, no matter how tough it is, no matter where you're at right now, God's, God's telling you, I will always be your provider. If it's something that you need, I know that you need it. And I will bring it to you. I will provide for you no matter what the circumstance, no matter what's going on in your life. If it's your need, I will provide for you. Now what I want to draw your attention to in this story is once again the stones. This is a monument of what God did for them. So they're standing at the Jordan River. God parts the waters. They walk across. God says, go get... Isn't it interesting how God knows how people work? 
Isn't it interesting how God knows these are the same this these are the same family members of the people who were back in the wilderness complaining. And God did something awesome. And, and, you know, they're like, oh, we're slaves. We've been slaves for 400 years. We don't know how this is ever going to happen. God sends Moses, frees them. They're like, woo, yeah, God is awesome. And here's the Red Sea. And they're like, we should have just stayed back there and died. Because this, you know, you just brought us out here. Now we can't even go anywhere. What were you thinking, Moses? We thought well, we were just worshiping God and all this stuff. And now we're at the Red Sea and we can't even get through the Red Sea. And then God's like, no, watch this. I'm your provider. And he parts the Red Sea and they walk across on dry ground. And they get to the other side and they're in the wilderness. And as soon as that happens, it's like two days later, they forget. And they're like, dear God, we're hungry. We don't have any food. We should have just stayed. At least we had food back in Egypt. Even though we were getting beaten and we were working and we were slaves, we should have just stayed back in Egypt because they were, they were feeding us. And then God brings, just miraculously, brings them food. And then they start complaining about the type of food that they have. And so God gives them a different type of food because they have short-term memory. All I can see is what's going on right now. But three days ago, God just saw me through something, and I can't even remember what God did three days ago because there's a new problem. Can I just tell you today, there's always going to be another problem. There's always going to be another moment when you have to trust God. But we're human beings, and so what, normally what we do is we don't set anything up to remember, and we keep on walking, and something else happens, and it's like, oh, God. Really? Now we're thirsty. <laughs> we got bread to eat, but we're sick of bread. We feel like we're turning into a loaf of bread. God's like, okay, I'll give you some meat, and, and here comes the meat. And it's like, well, we're thirsty. Okay, we'll do this to the rock, and there'll be water and all this stuff. And you reach it. In, the Bible is cool, y'all. I don't, you know, if you just read your Bible, there's some crazy stuff. But these people, God knows this has just happened. They walk through one miracle, and it's like, forget everything that God just did. And now I don't know how we're going to survive what we're going through right now. It's like, really? God just parted the water. So you can walk across, and as soon as you got across, now you're hungry. And you don't know how God's going to provide you food. And as soon as he does, you start eating, and you start getting comfortable, and you start getting content with, you know, you start getting familiar with what God has done in your life, and then you walk up against something else, and it's like, oh, oh, I don't know how we're going to make it through this. I don't know how we're going to get through this. We're not going oh, to have enough money. And you just forgot that last year, you didn't have enough money last year. And somehow God provided for you. And somehow God took care of you. Now, that doesn't mean you didn't have to sell something to get some money. But God told you what to sell. And he brought a buyer, and you were able to use that money. Come on. You were able to use that to see yourself through. God provided. It doesn't always look like, come on, this was the children of Israel's problem. It didn't always look like what they wanted it to look like. We're hungry, and God says, here, I'm going to provide miraculously this food. Well, that didn't look like what I want to eat. Come on, if you got kids, you know this is a problem. <laughs> we're just telling the truth. That's not, well, well if you want to eat. Boy, and, and God didn't necessarily do that. But if you want to eat, you'll eat what's sitting right there. You're going to bed with nothing, <laughs> you know. But isn't it, and we, and, and I make light of, of kids a lot of time, but, oh, oh, help us, Lord. If we're not the biggest kids on planet Earth a lot of times as adults. 
Because we, we think about, we're like, oh, our kids are like, well, I don't want chicken nuggets. I want, the, I want a burger. <laughs> you go to McDonald's and you order, he's like, we're going to get this and this and this and this. And like, well, no, I don't want that. I want this, you know. You're trying to buy somebody some food. It's like, well, I don't know if that's enough. You know, can you give me a Coke too? Can you give me this too? Can you give me that? Can you do this for me? Can you do that or whatever? We're the, come on, somebody. We, we like to talk about children a lot of times, but if we're just, <laughs> if we're just being honest, some of you picking your toes up off the ground right now. <laughs> God just led these people out of slavery, parted the Red Sea, gave them food, all this stuff, and they're complaining about what they don't have. Moses been up on the mountain too long, y'all. We need to make a we need to make a golden image, a golden calf, so that we can worship. Because Moses, come on, why are you worshiping Moses? Moses was just the man that God used to lead him out. But they got their focus on the, it's like, whew, when Moses was here, everything was going good, and we were led, and we were, you know, we, we felt like everything was coming together, and we were moving along, and now Moses has been up on the mountain forever. So we got to figure out something else. You know, maybe God just left us, and God took Moses up there, and Moses is never coming back, and so let's figure out something else that we can worship because we need to worship something. Short-term memory. And God knows, they've just walked through this. See, if you just read the story and you're like, well, that's a cool idea. He told him to get some stones. No, God knew what he was doing. Because he knows, you just, you, it's like you walked out of one miracle and forgot what I just did, walked into something else and, and, and couldn't even remember how faithful I was right here when you got right here. So I want you to go back and I want you to make a monument. I want you to get stones and so that when people ask and people walk around there, when you see it, you'll remember, oh yeah, what we're facing right now, it ain't that big of a deal. Because God did this back here. So whatever we got in front of us right now, God's going to take care of that too. Making a monument. Making a monument. God knew what he was doing. But a lot of times we have short-term memory. We've seen God's provision before, but we doubt he'll provide again. We've seen him do something before. But we, for some reason, doubt that he'll do it again. We've seen him see us through things before, but now I don't even know if God's real because he's not taking care of my problem. Well, do you remember, did you set something up to remember what God did for you back over here so that when you get in another situation... Because we all live in the same fallen world, so you're going to find yourself in another situation that when you get there, you can remember, oh yeah, I, let me just go back to what God did before and remind myself. Come on, some of us just need to remind ourselves. We're waiting on somebody else to remind us of God's faithfulness, and we just need to remind ourselves of what God has already done for us. We just need to take a moment and say, you know what, God, you've been faithful. You've been faithful. And you'll be faithful again. Because that's who you are. Not because you just not because you just decide one day you're gonna be faithful and one day you're not. No, that's that's who God is. He's always faithful. Always faithful. But how often we forget that just like he took care of us before, he'll take care of us again. So in our story, the Israelites they collect these twelve stones from where God parted the Jordan River. They build a monument to remind them. 
and the future generations about God's faithfulness. And here's my question this morning, and where we're going to go for just a couple of minutes. What will your stones be? What are your stones going to be? Because what I'm telling you today is every one of us in this room have short-term memory. We always tend to forget what God has already done when we're faced with what God's needing to do right now. So what are your stones going to be? Because if you don't set something up to remind you that God is always faithful, and what he did back then, he'll do it again. If you don't set something up to remind yourself, you'll forget. You'll forget. I will forget. So I want to give you three things really quick that are just very, very, very practical. I want to suggest these things this morning that might be just what you need to get rid of this problem with short-term memory. So what are your stones going to be? Here's number one. I might suggest this. Find a physical item. Come on, we're getting real deep now, guys. Find a physical item. God just did something. I, in my own life, I like doing this. You know, when I'm on a, a trip or something happens or, or there, you know, we go to a, a conference or something like that. It could be anything. And God speaks something to us and God encourages us and God does something in our life. I, wanna, I want something to keep so that I can remember. When I see that sitting over here, I remember what God said. I remember what God did. Because I've got a physical item to remind me of what God did. And you can do the same thing. Find something that reminds you and display it somewhere that you will see it and be reminded regularly. Here's the second thing. Share your story with other people. Come on, we're in a series called Tell, your, Tell a Good Story. Tell a Good Story. You had to know coming into this series that we were going to talk about stories a lot. And sometimes, in order to make a monument, you need to share your story with other people because when you are continually sharing your story about what God has done for you with other people, it keeps it at the forefront of your mind. The more you share it, the more you'll remember it. And you know this to be true. That story that you've told 33 times, you could tell it without even reading it. You could tell it on a whim because you've told it so much that it's ingrained in you. And when somebody asks, it's like, oh, let me, tell you, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my story. I don't need a piece of paper. I don't need somebody backing me up. I'm just going to share my story. Because the more you share your story, the easier it is to remember it. It stays at the forefront of your mind. And here's number three. Keep a journal. We could say it like this. Write it down. Write it down. Earlier we were talking about, the, you know, you've come across those instances where you see a tree and there's something carved in the tree. It's to remember. Whenever they come back to that moment, whenever they come back to that spot, whenever they come back to that place, oh, do you remember what God did? Do you remember what God did in our marriage? Do you remember what God did in our kids? Do you remember what God did whenever he brought us to this place? Do you remember what God did whenever we didn't know why we were moving, but we moved anyway? Do you remember what God did? Do you remember? you gotta, you got to write it down. 
And some of us think we're, we have, you know, really good memories until it comes to good things. We got really good memories when it comes to bad. But when it comes to remembering, and here's why. I believe the enemy works extra hard to help you forget everything that God has done for you. And if you don't write that down, you'll, you'll run into another situation, a problem, and you won't even remember. Somebody said something to you just at the right time. You needed encouragement. And somebody just walked up to you and said something that encouraged you, and you thought, oh, my goodness. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Did you write that down? Because a week from now, you might need to go back and read it. Did you write it down? We do this, this, this journey that we've been on for the last three years, we had written a lot of stuff down. And there are some times where we'll just sit down and we'll go back and we'll read the things that we've written down or when we went somewhere and somebody spoke something over the church or over our family or over, you know, whatever's going on in our life. And we write it down. And can I tell you some of that? That's some of the best medicine for me is when I can go back to that journal or that piece of paper or that notebook or whatever it is and I can read what God spoke to me seven weeks ago when I'm not feeling it right now. When I'm not feeling it and things are hard right now, I need to be able to go back and look at something and remember what God has done for me. Find an item, share your story, keep a journal or write it down. Put it down when, when God does something in your life. I want to invite the worship team to come back up today. Here's the bottom line in all this this morning. You can write this down as well. That's what taking notes is. Some of y'all didn't know that. You're writing it down so that you can remember it later. So the next time the enemy pulls up a seat to your table, you can go back and be like, you know what, I think I heard God speak on that one time. And I might need to go back and, and hear what he said again. I want you to write this down. The bottom line this morning, reminding yourself of God's past faithfulness can fuel your trust in him even when situations are difficult. I'm going to say it again because it's that good. Reminding yourself of God's past faithfulness can fuel your trust in him even when situations are difficult. What could your perspective be on your current situation or trial or struggle if you were constantly reminded of all God has already done for you? What could your perspective be? I didn't say what is your perspective with where you're at right now. But what could it be like if daily you were reminded of what God has already done for you and what he's already seen you through? Would it change your attitude? Would it change your attitude? Would it change your outlook? Would it change the way that you walk through whatever it is that you're walking through? What could happen in your life if you made a monument every time God did something for you? Even on the small things. You've been searching for a house, and you find a house. Write that down. Put it somewhere. Get something, get something to remind you. Display it somewhere that, oh, yeah, we're going through something right now. But God has already seen me through. We were looking for a house for a year, and God finally brought a house along, and God was faithful. 
And I'm not going to forget his faithfulness. And what I'm going through right now, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to have short-term memory. I'm going to remember all the good that God has already brought in my life, all the blessings that God has already pulled out, poured out on me, all the things that he's done for me, that he's seen me through. And when I'm looking forward, I'm remembering what he's already done and knowing that he can do it again. He can do it again. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to invite our prayer team to come up to the front. We want to give you the opportunity today. We like to do this almost every service. We like to have opportunity for, for people to, for you to receive prayer because we all need prayer. And maybe, maybe specifically for something we've been talking today, you just need, you're going through something right now. I believe there are some people in this room today. I don't believe it's coincidence that this is what I felt like I was supposed to, to speak on. There's, there's somebody here, even if it's one person, that you're going through something and you just need to look back and remember the last time that you were going through something that God was faithful and he'll be faithful again. It may not look like you want it to look like. It may not be in your timing. But when God's timing is right, he'll do what he said he would do. And he's always faithful. He's always faithful. So as we sing this last song, we're opening it up. If you, need, if you want to receive prayer, you want somebody to just believe with you, encourage you, pray over you. Maybe you don't even know the words to pray with what you're going through. But you just need somebody to pray with you. We want to open it up for you to be prayed for, for you to be prayed with. And we're believing that starting today, we're going to begin to make some monuments in our life so that we can remember as we walk through life, we can remember, oh yeah, there's what God did for me there. And there's what God did for me there. And there's what God did for me there. And there's what God did for me there. Oh, oh, devil, you think, you think you're going to discourage me today? No, God's always been faithful and he's going to be faithful again. So not today. Not today. Making monuments. God, I thank you right now for your word. Thank you for what you've spoken to us. God, I believe and pray that you have encouraged us today, that you have challenged us. As we sing this last song, Lord, that we would worship you, we would, we would lift you up, God, that we would begin to make monuments in our lives of your faithfulness to remind ourselves of all that you've done in us, through us, for us, so that we'll never forget. And God, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.